0: In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tug Entertainment or its partners.
1: What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power, it's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka.
2: And happy Monday out there to all of you from sunny Chicagoland. I hope that you're off to a great start of the week. And we're going to have a really fun show today. Did you know that you have a little map inside of you? And whenever life is out of whack, you can consult this map and get back on track. I call this a life map. And that's what we're here to talk about today with someone who knows all about being your personal best. And Olive Gallagher has her own term for what I call a life map. She calls it the inner bottom line, the private place within us that acts as a measuring stick and enables us to compare the best that we aspire to with what we've actually accomplished. Olive is an author, media expert, and consultant who has years of experience working with C-level executives and everyday people to develop and maintain their inner bottom line. She's the author of The Nude Ethicist, A Simple Path to the Good Life, as well as The Inner Bottom Line in the national edition of examiner.com. She's also a sought-after speaker, so we're very, very fortunate to have her here today when we're going to talk about five ways to identify core values and create the shortlist that will lead to your personal and professional success. Now, we're going to begin by learning to take an inventory of the values and qualities that matter most to you, those things that are non-negotiable to make sure that you're starting out by playing with a full deck. So welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, Olive Gallagher. We're so excited to have you here. Hey, Marla, thank you
0: so much for having me. And I just realized you're in Chicago, a city I know well and where I lived for a period of time. So hello, Chicagoland. (laughs)
2: Yay! Hello, Chicago. It is a beautiful city. I was just chatting online with a new Facebook friend who's here. Um, She's a part of Barbara Cochran's Women's CEO Project, and uh, she was just saying what a beautiful city it is, too. So that's two people praising our city today. You go, Chicago. it's it's
0: It's a great place. It's a great place.
2: It really is. So, hey, Olive, tell us first. Let's start out. um, Talk to me about playing with a full deck. What exactly do you mean by that? Well,
0: um, it came from just the realization that if somebody asked you to sit down and play a hand of poker and you knew that the deck wasn't full, you would probably not want to play, right? Right.
2: You're right, you know
0: okay. it. Well, it, you know, the deck would be stacked against you, and you, it wouldn't be a fair playing field. And I, I thought about that in terms of, um, I mean, playing with a full deck is really connected to what I call the short list. It's, it's really knowing everything you need that's absolutely non-negotiable for you to be at your best. And what I realized in working with clients is that maybe when they were 16, they're shortlist uh they kind of knew what they needed you know they they needed maybe a job to earn extra money so they could go out and they could date the girl in school they wanted to or they could maybe get into the college they wanted to to go to get the job that they wanted to but when you're 30 or when you're 40, what you need and what you want and what you absolutely have to have is a completely different list. And what I realized in working with, with these clients, um, that they'd never done a current update on their inventory. They didn't have a clue what they really needed to, to get up in the morning and function at their best. They were just kind of walking through it and doing the best that they could. And to me, doing the best that you could is not good enough. So I came up with this idea that if you were playing with a full deck, if you had it all laid out in front of you and knew exactly what you had to work with, you can make a lot better decisions because at the end of the day, if you don't have the things that you absolutely cannot live without in order to be able to get up the next day and face life, which is tough for all of us, um, It's a slog. It's a slog the whole way, and to me, that's just not the way to live. So playing with a full deck really means that you've sat down and done a current inventory of what are the values in your life, what are the things in your life that you would die for, that you cannot live without, things like family, things like a special loved one, things like freedom. Freedom, something we take for granted. But imagine your life if you didn't have it. It's a value. And so when you have done the work and you've organized things and you can take a look at it and go, wow, I need to have all those things on this list in order for me to really feel good about myself, to do the job I really want to do at the optimum level that I know I can function at and I can have a quality of life where it's all worth the price I'm paying, um, then you have work to do. Then you need to figure that out. And I've discovered that most people have never really stopped to think about these things. So
2: that's what nice. playing with a full deck means. Got it. That's that's a fabulous description. This is just one of my more passionate topics, Olive. So I'm so glad to be speaking with you today. And and I, I too am surprised that when I do values exercises with my clients, that uh, asking them the question that you've already mentioned, what what is the one thing in life that you absolutely cannot live without, really throws them for a loop. And they've never thought about it. Well, you know what? In,
0: in talking to audiences over the years, I would say to them, what do you want and need the most in your life emotionally? Like and the answer, interestingly enough, at least for the thousands or hundreds of thousands of people that I've asked this question of, it's not love. It's I want to matter. I want to know that my being there makes a difference. And I, I found that Rather interesting, because yes, of course, we all want love, but we also want to know that we we count that our that our being in this life and being in the lives of others that it really makes a difference that people notice, and mm. I think that people feeling very invisible today and very disconnected today and very disassociated today we have enormously high addiction levels. You have to look at that and go why mm. <laughs> i mean <laughs> What, why is this so hard? And I think it comes back to, I think a lot of people, maybe they have all the trappings of mattering. Maybe they even have celebrity or money or fame. But in their life, in, with the people that are closest to them, does anybody really care if they're in the room or not?
2: Mm.
0: So I, I this is where I always try to bring it back.
2: Yeah, and so that sounds like it can really lead to life changing things, like um, revisiting the way you communicate with with your loved ones yep. and how much time you spend together and the things that you do when you're together, right? Absolutely.
0: It, it, it you know, Matt. You know, you talked about this this sort of this uh, place that you imagine in inside yourself. Um, part of playing with a full deck in the book. Uh, I came up with this idea that in order for help for, to help people figure out if they're playing with a full deck and what's in it, I told them to create what I call—you can call it the pantry, storeroom, stockroom, closet. It can be—it can be a cottage. It can be an—it can be anything you want it to be. It can look like grandma's old apartment, or it can look like you know a Tuscan villa. It doesn't matter. But inside it is a place where you keep. All of these values that you absolutely have to have, along with all the other values that make life really wonderful—things like creativity, or or um, or peace, or quiet, or fresh air, uh, or leisure—and um, I, I found that helping people visualize an actual place, like a storeroom with jars and shelves, and and drawers if you're not very neat, or, you know, closets you can throw everything into. It doesn't matter what it looks like as long as it's yours, and it really does belong to you. And it's this place that we have to go and check our inventory because we got to check the shelves. We've got to see whether we have any hope. Mm-hmm. If we're living without hope, what kind of a day are you dragging through? Uh, it's hard. Uh, do you have optimism? Do you have health which is on my list of non-negotiables, because when you don't have your health, nothing else seems to matter. And it's this closet, this storeroom, this stockroom, this pantry that you go through to check and see, am I down on hope? Because if I'm down on hope, I got to sit down with myself and figure out what's going on. Because... I need to have that in order for me to be able to be supportive and helpful for the people around me that I love, whether it's my employees or whether it's my family or my loved ones or my children. And so I try to tie playing with a full deck into, a, into an actual tangible visual of where are you, where do you keep your values? Do you protect them? Do you take care of them? Do you fill the jars up when they're empty? Do you load up the shelves when they're barren? Um, it's your job. It's nobody else's. And that brings us to another thing, which is so much of the time we kind of assign that to somebody else. You're like, take yes. hey, care of me. Make sure I'm okay. Nobody can do that for you. you got to do it for you.
2: Yeah, you truly do. And when, of- you, and when all that's
0: working, then your inner bottom line is in the black, and you're capable yeah. of making ethical decisions and honoring them because you're strong, full of hope, full of optimism, and clarity you know who you are. You know what you got to work with, and you use it and respect it.
2: And clarity just makes life so much easier—not like an uphill battle, right? Well, even if you're going
0: uphill, if you can't see where you're going, you're going to go over oh, a cliff. Yeah, forget it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. One of the most valuable things I find in being really in tune with your values—and we're going to go into a break in a minute—and I'll make this statement and love to hear from you about it—is. Okay is that when when your life really gets out of whack and you're really feeling out of balance and you're aware of your top values, your very top values, you know what those are, going back and consulting those values and reviewing them and asking yourself those questions like, okay, what am I doing to spend time in these values and to enhance my life in these areas can really get you back on track. And that's that's one of the reasons I have all of my clients go through a values exercise And I can't wait for them to consult your book, The Nude Ethicist, A Simple Path to the Good Life. And I'm certainly going to be recommending that. We're going into break. And we will be back here with our guest, Olive Gallagher, in just a few minutes. Make sure and take a trip over to this week's article on Inc. online, inc.com. Overworked and overwhelmed, there's a cure for you over there.
1: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to learn and play with Mrs. A. Your host, Barbara Allison. Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Did you know that kids are only 20% of the population, but they are 100% of the future? How are you preparing your child for that future? The years between the ages of zero and six are crucial for learning and development. Barbara Allison is a teacher, parent, and author on supporting children's early learning. Learning starts even before a child is born, and parents are children's first teacher. Join Mrs. A for ideas, tips, and suggestions for fun learning and play activities as she helps you support your child. Starting early is Starting smart. For more on Mrs. A, her books, the show, and her blog, check out her website, 123kindergarten.com. Then come learn and play with Mrs. A with your host, Barbara Allison, Mondays at 11 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Lori Hurley, the social networking navigator, helps you overcome
2: your overwhelm online and makes social media easy. Every week she shares the latest and greatest about social networking and welcomes industry experts and end users of different social media platforms to share their experiences moving their business forward online. Whether you are a Facebook fanatic or a lover of LinkedIn, Lori has you covered on all angles of social media including Twitter, YouTube, blogging, Google+, and more. Lori shares her knowledge and love of educating others on all things social media with relevant material, engaging guests, and hot tips and techniques to help you soar down the social media highway. Join her every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time for the Social Networking News Hour here on the WooHoo Radio Network. So how's your inner bottom line looking? Is it in the black or is it really lacking something? That's what we're here to chat about with author and CEO of Personal Best, Olive Gallagher. So Olive going Olive going into break, you know, I was chatting actually about about, you know, how this can keep you on path, how understanding these things that are critical to you, these non-negotiables can be sort of what I call a life map to take you back on path so you're not so lost. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, yeah, I absolutely agree.
0: I mean, you know, if, if you don't know what you're working with, again, playing with a full deck, um, you're just you're punting. You're always just sort of second guessing yourself, and you know, sometimes you'll you'll hit a, a home run out of the park, but a lot of times you'll strike out, and that's a stressful way to live. It's sort of like you're never quite got it together, and um, stress is a killer. I, I wanted to. I wanted to circle back to something that we just briefly touched on because I think it's really the element that's at the key here, at at the heart of it all, and that is the issue of accountability. I I said something before about, you know, it's up to you to do this. It's not up to someone else to make sure that your values are, are square. The inner bottom line belongs to you and you alone. We all have our own. Nobody else has anything to do with it because at the end of the day, No matter what we tell others about what we did and um, how we fudge it to the media or to the public or to our stockholders or to our executive board, at the end of the day, if we haven't behaved in an ethical and honorable way, when we look ourselves in the mirror before we turn out that light, we know what we did. And over time, I truly believe, I mean, they say karma, you know, gets you in the end, but um, I do believe over time that this is sort of a price that people do pay for bad behavior and lack of accountability that um, you're going to have to pay for down the line. And that's a kind of an insidious cancer that gets into your soul and eats away at your inner bottom line. Because the inner bottom line is really very simple. I mean, I tripped over mine. I didn't even realize it had a name until I tripped over and went, what is this? It's your conscience it's your morality it's your sense of "Uh uh-oh I can't do that Uh, when you get really uncomfortable when you know your boundaries have been crossed or you're crossing a boundary of your own that you know your parents would be appalled at or your children would be humiliated by and you have to sit down with all of that and say "Um, mm, what's going on and that's the accountability that's been lacking and is so lacking in our culture today and I think that um, when, you're, when you're finding that you're, you're very stressed, nothing's making any sense, your relationships are, are, are a mess, um, you're not really happy and fulfilled inside, you need to take a moment and sit down and say, what's keeping me awake at night, which is the name of my new blog, by the way. Um, what's keeping you awake at night? And... What am I going to do about it, or am I just going to keep, you know, shoving it under the rug and ignoring it because it will come back to me in cancer? Um, I'm going to turn to drugs. I'm going to turn to alcohol. I'm going to I'm going to do all kinds of self-destructive things, and that's the price that I say you pay for a life where your inner bottom line is in tatters. So I always ask my clients the first question, what price are you paying for the life you lead today? When you start to look at that, you realize that when you are not honoring your core values, you are paying too high a price and it's going to catch up with you.
2: You are. And so does recognizing and understanding your core values help you to have more clarity in the sense of what to do about it when you're out of alignment with them? Absolutely, but you have to know what they
0: are, and it means that you have to keep updating them. Let me give you an example, a very simple example. Um, when you're young and you're starting out and you're striving and you're climbing and you're doing all those things, living in the heart of a city and, and being in the middle of all the action and never going to sleep after work and, you know, partying and dancing and being out till 3 in the morning, you you can do that when you're in your 20s, or at least some people can. And it's okay. It works. And... Peace and quiet, forget it. Who needs it? But then as your life changes and you take on different responsibilities, what you need to recharge those batteries becomes a very different thing, especially after you have children and you have a family, you have food that has to be on the table. You have to get up in the morning. You take on more responsibilities at work. Uh, The more power and the more status you have and the more control you think you have over your life, the more stress you have and the the more people depend on you. And so... You need different things to go home at the end of the day and recharge those batteries. A lot of people don't pay attention to any of that stuff. They're still living in a, you know, a very congested, a very noisy, and a very um, uh, stressful environment. I know for myself, if I can't get sleep and if I can't have some peace and quiet just to think – I can't function. took me a long time to figure that out. I was paying a very high price for the life I was leading. Well, it catches up with you. So this is, that's a simple value. Quiet. It's a very hard commodity to come by in the world. But if you know that that's what you need to be able to balance all that you're carrying in your life, you have to pay attention to it or... You need to look at the choices you're making and saying, maybe I don't want this lifestyle anymore. Maybe I don't want this high-priced job with all the stress in it. Maybe I want to move to a different place with my family where I have more time for my children, where I have more time to love my wife, where I can be healthier. I can I can, I can live a different lifestyle. And the thing about that I've noticed in people is they get into this thing and they feel like they don't have choices, but they always mm-hmm. have choices. Right. And so if you know that you have a value that's on the line, like sleep, and you're not getting enough of it and it's making you a curmudgeon, (laughs) you better look at it before you go over the cliff and you end up with, you know, a triple bypass. I mean, it really gets that simple, Marla.
2: It does. It does. You're right. We always have choices, but... This is a complicated process for people who are not in tune with their values. How, how do you recommend that, that someone goes through this process? I mean, do you recommend they see a coach or a consultant like yourself or, you know, what are they to do? Well, I think there are a few things that they can do to start. And, yes, it always
0: helps, just like going to a therapist. It always helps to have someone who can guide you objectively and, you know, ask you questions. I mean, I don't know... Uh, my work as a consultant, I spend a lot more time asking questions because I don't have the answer. No, there are, is, there is no else. one answer. There right. are lots of options, and I'm about the options. But I ask a lot of questions. But I can give you five tips about how to get started and, and play with a full deck. I mean, the first thing you need to do is you sit down with a piece of paper and identify, say, identify 15 things in your life that you cannot live without. Okay. And that's, you start there. And then you, and and you also then have to identify how are you dealing with with adversity and crisis in your life and stress? What what, um, qualities do you possess? What tools do you have? What values help you deal with crisis, adversity, and stress in your life? Now you've got an interesting list going on. Yeah, so. so and then take... you imagine in a utopia what you'd actually be doing every day and with whom you'd be sharing your life. And this is a really key one that a lot of people don't want to go there, but it's really a fun one because it opens up a lot. Imagine in a perfect life where would you be, what would you be doing, and with whom would you be doing it with and sharing your life? And compare that, number four, compare that to your life right now and look at where the mismatches are and what what it's costing you and the must-haves that you put on your number one list, the first thing that you did, see where, where, where it's not matching up and what price are you paying because you, those must-haves are not showing up in your actual life. Now you have something to think about because now you have identified what you really believe in your gut You really need to have, now you know what you don't have that you say you need to have. You look at a perfect life, you look at your real life, and you go, what could I possibly do about it? What choices could I make? What changes could I make? And that's how you can really use playing with a full deck to look at your current inventory now and go, hmm, I got some work to do. Yeah.
2: And, and I would imagine most people feel that way the first time they do this exercise. Yeah, and I always remind people a lot of this, it's not about, it's not about
0: having money. The, a lot of the things I'm talking about, they're free. They're right. free. It's not like you have to have a lot of money to make these changes. That's a cop-out. Yeah. You might need to change your lifestyle. You might need to live on less or you might need to give up some of the things you think you cannot give up. But it's amazing how much of what we really need in our life is actually not, a, not something you need to purchase. It's something you need to arrange. It's something you need to prioritize and make more important than the stuff that George Carlin talks about, all this materialism and consuming, all that stuff, all that stuff that... That isn't really at the end of the day is not going to make you happy,
2: right? And that's a perfect sign right there. If you're basing it on stuff, there's a lot of inner work to be done because it's not about the stuff. It's about what's inside of you, and that that really matters. And is right, and it's line. also
0: about the fact that the inner bottom line it directly hits the bottom line in business or in life.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: does. It it really does. If you are making decisions that are not honoring the values that are most important to you or to your business or to the people around you, in the short term, it might be great on the bottom line, but down the road, it's going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. It's going to hurt you in customer satisfaction, it's going to hurt you in client, uh, in product quality. You know, you can't cut corners in life. People think you can do it all the time, but you know, and that, as you know, because you you do this every day, Marla, I know from your wonderful work, is that, you know, we're living in a a world of business that's been looking at quarterly results for far too long. And basing all their decisions based on, you know, how are we doing with our shares? Instead of looking at how are we taking care of our employees, do we still have employees? Have we outsourced everything? Because ultimately, I don't know about you, but when I call a company and I have a problem with something and I can't get a human being to talk to it makes me crazy. Oh, you want
2: to pull your hair out. You know, Olive, we're going to go into break again. When we come back I would love if you could cite some examples of the ROI that your CEOs, CFOs have really, really experienced as a result of doing these exercises with you. I think that just will really help drive this home for people. And you're listening to The Million Dollar Mindset. We'll see you back here in just a couple of minutes.
1: Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered why America is facing such a health care crisis? Then join us for Dr. Peter DeVette Live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Dr. Doctor. doctor. He'll answer your health care and medical questions and share with you his knowledge and opinions on topics ranging from holistic health care to spirituality and wellness. You'll find out about the roots of your health care challenges versus symptom management. The holistic approach, how the spirit, mind, and body connection is critical in both the development of illness and the solution to illness. How emotions are directly related to physical illness, and how to read your body like a book. Dr. DeVent will also go through your personal questions and how you can navigate through the illness maze. Supplements, medications, therapies, treatment options, surgeries, all kinds of things related to your health. Dr. Peter DeVent live every weekday at 1 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Are you powerless to stop making choices that hinder your happiness, your peace of mind, your sense of fulfillment, or success? Have your choices resulted in broken relationships, job losses, and financial chaos? Then be here for strategies for healing from addictions with your hosts, Gary and Sharon Warrell. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Strategies for Healing Coaches and Empowers and seeks to help people discover their goals and reach those goals quickly. Provide structure, tools, and perspective to help clients accomplish more in their lives. To encourage clients to think bigger and realize their full potential. Strategies for Healing endeavors to see each individual come to a place of purposeful living apart from addictions. Check out the website, StrategiesForHealing.com. Then join us for Strategies for Healing from Addictions with your hosts, Gary and Sharon Worrell. Monday mornings at 9 a.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network.
2: And we're here today with author and CEO Olive Gallagher. And Olive works with C level executives across the globe CEOs, CFOs, COOs, CAOs, and everything you can imagine begins with a C. And Olive, as we were going into break, I, I was, it was kind of asking you about ROI, because I can imagine that when you're looking at this C level, it might be a little bit difficult to get your clients to step back and really want to take an an inner look and and examine what's going on inside of them. Uh, I don't know if I'm right or not. And so I'd love to talk about that a little bit and the ROI that they have seen, they've come back to you with after going through the process.
0: Uh, you're absolutely right. It's always a very um, delicate. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very delicate challenge to deal yeah. with a person who is used to operating very much from their ego and a position of power and control. Um, it's never. Um, it's always a little. It's prickly, and it always takes a little bit of. Um, Patience on my part, a lot of sense of humor, and just sort of praying a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, There have been (laughs) a lot of stories I could tell. But in the end, um, and and it's never predictable how it's going to go. I'm very confident in the work because I've seen it. I've seen the I've seen the breakthroughs. I've seen the ahas in you know yeah. many 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 times uh, as I know you have in audiences or in, in just people that you've worked with or in seminars where someone just stands up and goes, Oh my God! I've, tried, I've never understood it, and suddenly it makes sense. And you go, Oh, that was all worth it. But with with a CEO, when you get them alone in the room, they're very defended because number one, as far as they're concerned, they usually think that you're there to tell them what's wrong with everyone else but them.
2: Mm-hmm, right. That's what they're used to hearing.
0: Okay, exactly. And so uh, I start out usually with a few premises. Number one, there's no right or wrong in this room, and there's no good or bad, and anything goes. And whatever is said, it's said with absolute respect for the moment and the position. Um, but <laughs> we have to talk about responsible power. And I define that for them. And what I've always meant, and it's real simple, and it was my television show was based on the idea of people being responsible with their power. It's being accountable and being responsible for the impact you have on the world around you through your words and actions and deeds, period. Mm-hmm. And this goes for how you treat a person when you're in the grocery store um, and you're asking for help or how you're treating an adversary over a, a $6 billion deal. Um, credibility is based on trust and respect. If people don't trust you and respect you, they won't give you their business and they won't give you their money. And so I think that when I sort of put those two definitions out in the room and we talk, and, and, and the person I'm working with understands that that's what this is about, then I have to say, so we have to deal with honesty here. And honesty, by the way, Marla, and this always gets people, and it's one of the premises in my book, is honesty is not the same as truth. People always go, huh? Yeah. Well, when you're honest, you're honest. It's like you can't be a little bit pregnant. You can't be a little bit honest. You're either honest or you're not. It's just it's a value. It's a, it's a core value in you in terms of honoring how you deal with the world around you. If you're an honest person, you are in everything that you do. With the truth, however, you can tell a little bit of the truth some of the truth, maybe not all of the truth. So truth to me has always been a conditional thing. It's sort of like I, always, I asked my father when, when, when I was seven and I saw him in court, and I said, that lady that said, um, she put her hand on the book and she said, I, I swear to tell the whole truth, uh, some of the truth, the whole truth, or nothing but the truth. And I said, what are the differences? And he said, that's the day you became an ethicist. Oh. And so I always was intrigued with that because it's true. Sometimes being honest is really not the value you want to choose in the room. Maybe you want to be loving, respectful, or fair when your husband says, honey, do you like this tie, and it's horrible. So you don't tell him the whole truth. You say, you know, that color really brings out your eyes, even though you hate the tie. So you have to decide with truth. But with honesty, you're either honest with people or you're not. If you're not credible, if your intentions are not pure and you don't say what you mean and mean what you say, people aren't going to walk away and say, hmm, that person didn't say what they meant. Um, but they're going to walk away with that uneasy feeling in their gut that says, hmm, I, I don't think I want to do business with this guy. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest issues I've found in working with my, particularly my my senior executives is that they are unaware of how they treat others around them and how they misuse their power in their communication skills, in their expectation skills, in their lack of patience, in their lack of appreciation. And so in dealing with responsible power, I've, I've had a list of five things I've always talked to my, my, my executives about. And the first one is you have to first be personally accountable no matter what happens in this company no matter what happens in your life you have to be willing to stand on it on your inner bottom line and say i i i said it i did it i asked for it or i ignored my my job i wasn't doing my job i'm still personally responsible the second thing you have to do is communicate with respect and fairness and that's a big big problem with power yeah. is people forget They expect to get it, but they don't always give it, whether it's they're terse or they're impatient or they're just plain rude. But that's not what they're giving to the people who who basically are making their job possible. Here's a biggie. They're not consistent. They Uh say one thing one day. They say another thing another day. It makes the people who work for them and try to do their job crazy. They're not open to ideas from anywhere. Their openness is conditional, and that is, in my book, it's not acceptable because you never know where that million-dollar idea is going to come from. And they don't make decisions from the ground floor up. They're making them top-down. And the moment that you are working from a top-down power structure, you're going to have all kinds of respect and trust issues because people will tell you what you want to hear, not what you need to hear. So I think you see where I'm going. The the ROIs that I've gotten back, uh, heard about, after the work is, number one, I remember when Toyota brought me in. This is a very interesting assignment. Toyota brought me in to work with all their personal assistants to all their chief executives from all around the world. Wow. And I suggested this because I suggested that people don't understand where power lies and that I wanted to be able to improve their power base. And what I was able to do with all these marvelous people is to tell them how powerful they really were, how much responsible power they really had. They're the gatekeepers. Yes. They're the people that decide whether you get in to see Mr. X. They didn't realize how much power they had, and they also were scared to death of it when they realized they had it. And I can tell you that there was over a 350% improvement, not only in their performance, but in their promotion rate after my seminar with them. And that was very gratifying because that was sort of like in 1986, 1987. That was really flying by the seat of my pants. I mean, Ooh. I was really throwing stuff out there that nobody had been talking about and thought, why don't we try this? So that was an ROI. But the other ROI I have found is that when an executive team feels comfortable, really genuinely comfortable with their chief executive, where they can go in behind a closed door and, and have a meeting and brainstorm without fear of reprisal, without fear of paying down the line, it is amazing the creative ideas and the creative mm-hmm. camaraderie that will develop. That's a tremendous ROI that you cannot measure. Yeah, because it builds that sense of trust. I mean, you and I both know that the politics that go on in any business in any structure where money is Mm -hmm. the end result, where people will do whatever it takes in order to get to the pile, and it 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 just it breeds bad behavior. It breeds contempt. It breeds, uh, you know questionable decisions failure. and actions yeah. and it certainly breeds failure now here's where it, it affects you and me let's take the issue of outsourcing in terms of an roi this is where mm-hmm. i always have felt that the inner bottom line hits the bottom line directly there was this incredible thing that's happened in our country that i think has been so decimating where companies because they couldn't because enough was never enough And that's another question I like to ask my CEOs. When is enough enough? When is enough profit? Mm -hmm. When do you reach a point where you can be socially responsible and still make a tremendous profit and everybody benefits? We are so top-heavy right now, wealth-wise, in this country. And we've gotten there because there's been this desire... To have more and more and more and more, no matter what. And that's the, that's the important thing, no matter what. And the no matter what includes, let's just get rid of all our frontline people. Let's get rid of our customer service people. Let's get rid of the people that answer the phones or are or, or at the front door. We don't need them. We, we can automate all that and put that on computers and drive. Now, in the beginning, profits shot up because, yeah, you get rid of enough people even if they've lost their jobs. Who cares? We're making more money. So now, you, now the company. Let's say you you sell you make and sell glassware ju- for juice. You okay. make glassware. You specialize in that. So it's, it's not an emotional product. People need it. They buy it every day. It's not expensive. So who cares if, you know, we get rid of, you know, 16,000 people across the United States and outsource those jobs out to a cheaper place, and we get rid of all the frontline people. We don't have telephone people answering and saying, Hi, Marla, what can we do for you today? We have a computer network, and we'll save millions of dollars, and won't we be the heroes? Well, now you've got 16,000 people who've been pink-slipped whose lives have been decimated and who are angry. Guess whose glassware they're going to buy next time they need it. It's not going to be the company they (laughs) used to work for. Now, Mm. every one of those people knows ten people who know their story. Then there's you and me who used to buy this product, but now we had some that were defective and we called up to see what we could do about it, and we can't reach a human being. Now, we're a customer who's not happy. Over time, this is going to get a company. Yeah, And they've been, frankly, in my mind, too short-sighted and too greedy to even see it, much less acknowledge it. And I think that's what you are seeing today across the globe is companies that just where enough was just not enough. Yeah. And, you know, you can say who's to blame. Well, is it the shareholders? Is it the stock market itself? Is it, you know, I mean, if I had the answer, I wouldn't be on the phone with you. I'd have my own iron in, in the ocean. <laughs> and, and, I, and you could, you know,
2: you could drop in by private jet. But oh, um, here we go. Olive. We're going into another break. Hold okay. that thought. We'll be back in just a few seconds. Okay.
1: The IRS can and will track your income. Can you? It's time to bulletproof your taxes. Yes, bulletproof your taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. As a business owner, you know that tax deductions can lower your tax liability, but deciding which expenses are deductible and how to claim them can be confusing, frustrating, and ultimately costly when you're wrong. Former IRS audit supervisor Nellie Williams will help Help you learn what is deductible and when to take that deduction to avoid raising IRS red flags. She'll teach you how to survive an IRS audit so you don't have to pay more tax, interest, or penalties. Each week, Nellie will be here to teach us, as entrepreneurs and small business owners, how to pay our fair share and not a penny more. Check out her website, BulletproofYourTaxes.com. Then join us for Bulletproof Your Taxes with host Nellie Williams, Fridays at 1 Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. Join us.
2: olive gallagher and olive has authored the nude ethicist a simple path to the good life and i can tell that one of your more passionate topics is outsourcing and the likes olive it's so (laughs) true when is enough enough and so can you do you know of a time where your work has actually had an impact on these type of types of decisions that ceos across america are making
0: yeah, and of course, I, obviously, I can't give you a specific of because course, my work uh, is always confidential. But I can tell you that um, I I have been privy to helping um, several CEOs um, ask some really hard questions of themselves and really find a much happier, much more um, satisfying way to lead. Um, and, and what's interesting about it is that when they, loot with, when they Loosen up and get with the program. <laughs> mm-hmm, they just right. become. They become not. They become more generous, nicer people. What they, what several of these gentlemen found was not only did their personal life improve, their marriage improved, which was really great, because they were one. They were communicating better. They were being more respectful. They were being more open. They were being. They were enjoying themselves more. Life yeah. was better. What they were able to do was take a look at. We have. Executive team, they were able to take a look at some of the decisions that they were in the process of making and say, you know what, maybe this isn't the best we can do. Maybe there are other things we can do to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish, to get where we want to go, but we don't have to sacrifice so readily um, some of the humans, some of the humanity of our business. Maybe, maybe we are not standing behind our product the way we need to. Maybe we need more integrity in our product. Maybe we need more integrity in our marketing. And I come from a marketing background. Um, So that was always a joyful thing for me to see, which is, you know, tell tell the consumer the truth. They'll be a lot more loyal. And I've had a big impact when it comes to those kind of messages because it's been interesting for me as a consultant to also combine my marketing skills with what I do um, and help a company see that, you know, Consumers are very smart. They're going to figure out that you're lying to them. So don't. Tell them the truth. Give them what you say you're going to give them. You'll have them for life. And so that's, that's where the ROI's really paid off in terms of marketing messages and communication and really, um, again, being responsible. Say what you mean and mean what you say. It's mm-hmm. amazing. It's such a simple idea. Uh, it's not easy to do. And, and do it with the people that you lead. And, um, you know, for a CEO to stand up in front of their executive team and say, you know, I, I owe you all an apology. I haven't been wow. a good leader. I haven't wow. been a good leader because I've been so busy leading that I haven't been listening. Mm. That was a wonderful moment. Oh, and he and nice. I had come to, we had agreed on that because he really struggled with his ego. I mean, it was sort of like, well, what, but how do I say it? And I say, just say it this way. Tell him that you haven't been listening. Because you're brilliant at what you do, but you can't do it alone. And I think that power has a tendency to isolate itself.
2: You are one brave woman. Do you know that? Well, you know
0: when you're in the room and you hope that they'll pay the bill at the end, or you can. You know what? It comes down in my inner bottom line. I don't know how to be any other way.
2: Yeah, I sort of can like tell if this that. is
0: what you if this is what you've hired me for, and we spent three days doing this, and you flown me all the way here, and you know, and treated me very nicely. Um, if I'm not going to tell you the truth, then what was the point?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And I try so, to do it in as, as, as you know, again respectful. And I think people have always known I'm well-intended. You know, I may look. I invented foot that's... and mouth disease. So, you know, I'm, that's the first thing I put out about myself. I, I screw up every day. So, you know, I, I can make mistakes, but I'm, I'm still going to tell you at the end of the day what I think, and, and that's what you brought me here for. And, you know, look, if you don't want to listen, that's your option.
2: Yeah. Yeah, right. And do they want to get their money's worth or not? It's all up to them. It's their choice. So, so all of the the companies that, uh, if there is such a thing as, as typically hire you, um, what what kind of pain are they experiencing that helps them to identify the need for someone like you to come in to help?
0: Um, in one case, it was very painful. I was approached by the senior um, vice president of a company in the Silicon Valley um, to. To, desperately to, to would I would I work with the CEO because he had literally run this company into the ground and they were about 11 million dollars in debt and they were going to go under and it was a question of we're either going to get through to this guy and make him realize the decisions he's forcing us to enact are, are, are the end or we're going to be able to turn this baby around before it hits the ground and um, that's pain because there were a lot of employees involved. There was a wonderful new product. Uh, there were a lot of hopes and dreams. This was a relatively new um, venture startup that had a great promise. This was in 19 oh, in San Francisco. And um, mm-hmm. I worked with this guy for, um, you know, several weeks, and we did some really terrific work together. And in fact, it was out of that work session that I came up with my um, my document, The Boundary Circles, that's in my book, um, which, by the way, is available on Kindle. And, you know, you talk about how things have changed in, you know, social media and technology and how we mm-hmm. – we communicate and, and we get our information. It's it's so fascinating to me to go from being a hardcover to now audio and Kindle. And I love my Kindle and I don't know how I'd live without it. And now when I read a regular book, I hit the side of the page when I'm ready to turn because I'm so used uh-huh. to doing it. <laughs> I know. I love but, too. I mean, that, you know, that's pain because, and, and sadly, and sadly, even after all the work, it, they came to me too late. And I'll, I'll never forget getting that call from the guy that initially had heard me, uh, I think on television or read about, read my column and, and called me up to, to help and said, we should have come to you six months ago. Yeah. You did great work and you made a difference, but we, we can't, we can't, you know, the ship was going down before we ever called you and it's too late. That's a pain i mean that's just that's tragic and then there's other pain where you know um tremendous high absenteeism low productivity um a lot of angry employees a lot of costs to replace people firing i mean just mismanagement and um being able to turn those numbers in the healthy area again and and Talk to employees in general and give them give them a reason to want to stay with, um, you know, a company. I mean, I was brought in, for instance, to help talk to people when Gibraltar Savings was being put down by the RTC. That was one of my earliest clients, and I can talk about it because it's, it's over and done with, and it was a public case history. Um, you want to talk about dealing with crisis and pain, um, the RTC closed the savings and loan, but they brought me in to talk to their employees who'd just been told they'd lost all their benefits in their OSHA. Mm. And I I had to talk to 800 people, I think it was, and try to help them understand how incredibly important it was to the future of just the economy that they didn't tell anybody about this for, I don't know, a few weeks. They couldn't tell their families. They couldn't tell their spouses. They had to keep it quiet because there'd be a run. Wow, what a that's, that. I mean, that's, that's, that was heartbreaking to me because yeah. everybody, and so I had to somehow get them to trust me, a stranger, with what I was telling them, and I had to give them a reason why they needed to remain loyal and why this was important to them personally in terms of being able to hold their head up high and know how important they were to the success of this failure. I mean, that's really what it was, and that's how I put it. That that in order for this failure to be a success, they can't do it without you. You are essential to completing this whole process, and we need you. And it was uh, appealing to them in that way that they they did not have one single person, they didn't have one single uh, branch have a run on the branch because every single employee stayed firm, stayed loyal, stayed quiet, and did their job. And that's remarkable. And, I mean, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't take any credit for it. I mean, they did it, but that's pain. So I've been brought into some very interesting situations as an ethicist and um, as a consultant. And um, there's a lot of pain out there, and today there's so much pain. It's, it's right. heartbreaking.
2: Yeah, there is. And and with that, the, the economic pain that we're experiencing across the board, uh, we are seeing a lot of small micro-businesses, startups come uh, into play. And those, you know, those CEOs, (laughs) business owners also have to take a look at what really makes them tick and what, how, how to run their business from an ethical place. Do you, do you work with those, those folks as well?
0: Yeah, I've worked with a lot of small businesses. In fact, I've worked with the SBC um, for a long period of time when I was in the Bay Area um, mentoring um, small businesses. And, in fact, my associate, Gloria minerick used to be with the SBA for many, many, many years in terms of women-owned businesses. So, um, you know, and I'm a small business, and I've always been one, and I've always liked being one. It's tough. Mm-hmm. It's very it hard. Is. And in this day and age, it is extremely hard. I don't think it really matters um, how big or small you are. It's Life is tough out there, and and because the way we get the word out about what we do and what we can do for people is so different, I think there's a huge learning curve that we're all on. And I think it's very challenging because, um, you know, we call it the unmarketing, but it's sort of like it's not about I have a product and here's what I can do for you. It's more about what is it that you need. Tell me what you need and let me see if, if I can help you in any way. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard, I think, for people to, to 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 switch that model in their head of selling versus providing um, right. assistance. Right.
2: Um, yeah. Olive, we're nearing the end of the show. It has been such a delight to have you here with us today. Would you please tell us, you've mentioned your blog and, of course, your book, and uh, you mentioned television show. I don't know if you're still doing that. Tell us where we can find information on all about you
0: the television show the inner bottom line no i did that many years ago in los angeles and so no okay. um i'm not doing that anymore but uh, my book is available on amazon and um as an audio book and as a kindle book as well as hard copy but today most people want it the other way Um, and we're literally launching my new blog which is called what's keeping you awake at night that's very exciting yeah and i i I probably will be on the air soon too with a radio show so called Uh what's keeping you awake at night so um we're kind of excited it's going to be a very interesting year and we're really looking forward to it and i can't thank you enough for having me marla it's been a delight
2: It has been delightful. Thank you so much for being with us, Olive Gallagher, and keep us posted on that blog. And everyone, please join us next week, same time, same place, for The Million Dollar Mindset.